You're listening to By the Way, a podcast about contemporary art news. This is our inaugural episode. My name is Eric. I am an artist as well as an art professional. And my name is Ando, and I am also an artist, a podcaster, and a, uh, a donkey. <laughs> and a donkey. Nice <laughs> to hear. Let's get this going. By the way, is going to be a, a podcast about contemporary art news. It's going to be a short segment, typically right around 15 minutes. It's typically me looking up art news that I follow all the time and informing Ando about what the hell is happening in the art world around him. As, Who doesn't uh, know anything about what's happening, basically. And I probably know too much. Uh, <laughs> so I guess, uh, yeah. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, but in any case, uh, yeah, we're going to do, you know, some contemporary art news that can be, uh, things that are related to politics to, let's say art theft to damaged artworks. There's always something popping up. Um, some juicy, juicy gossip. Absolutely. The juicy (laughs) gossip, uh, you know, there's always somebody with a selfie stick that runs into a, you know, a big sculpture and knocks it down in Italy or. Yeah. yeah, Or that lady that knocked over the domino effect of the podium sculptures. Yeah. That was a good one. Exactly. So yeah. In in general, it's just going to be kind of keeping up on the art world from uh, some of the, let's say, important things to the unimportant things, whatever, whatever kind of uh, floats our boat. If it, if it got on our radar, there's a good chance that somebody out there is going to be interested in what we're doing and what Indeed. we're reading. Um, and this is just our way of sharing that uh, that stuff that we come by. Indeed. And it actually comes from me uh, meowing about the fact that I never know what is going on. I, I have a really hard time keeping up with uh, international arts news. I don't know why. I'm very plugged in kind of on a local level where I am. But for for whatever reason, if it's not right in front of me, I can't really figure out. So I don't know who's who. I don't know. You know, people are constantly like, you don't know so-and-so? And And I'm like, I don't know. We're both American by birth, but both of us also are dual citizens. And you're currently located in Copenhagen. I'm up in Stockholm. Uh, Mm -hmm. But we've known each other for several years uh, from when I lived in Copenhagen. So our, our, let's say sphere of being influenced is uh definitely western uh european and uh in the u.s and uh, american art schools too i feel very different than uh, european art schools in general definitely i think also through these stories that you know i'll bring up our commentary um should have a unique kind of uh, perspective coming from you know, an American upbringing to spending, you know, you've been in uh, Denmark for, you know, a decade. I've lived abroad for about a decade. So we're not as, let's say, uh, American as somebody sitting in L.A., but we're not How as dare Euro- you. How <laughs> dare you. Eric? But we're also not as European as somebody sitting in, uh, you know, in Paris their whole life. So, yeah, uh, I think yeah. they and give us- us are named Jens. Exactly. Jens. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do this. All right. I want to hear hear what you got for me because I actually have no idea what you're about to bring to the table. All right, yeah, so that's also part of this whole podcast. I'm kind of surprising uh, Ando with just news. Uh, He typically won't know what these stories are about. So uh, these are going to hopefully be honest reactions from him. Mm. So Yeah, I mean, I may have read the headline. Occasionally I'll hear the headline, but I uh, almost guaranteed did not look into it. 
All right. Yeah, so there's a couple news stories that I uh, kind of came across that seemed interesting. I'll start off with uh, one that's uh, Europe-based. So I don't know if you know this street artist named Invader. Uh, oh, is that Space Invader? Yeah, yeah, Space Invader. He also, yeah. Um, so he's a French, I think he's in Paris-based. Uh, but uh, in the last week, there's been some news that came out that was pretty interesting that there have been uh, at least two guys that have been identified. They've dressed up like city workers, and they're going around the city of Paris and are removing his these little tile uh, works that he does because his type of street art is to do essentially pixelated mosaic uh, pieces on buildings. Yeah, so, it looks like Nintendo 8-bit uh, characters or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Space Invader, the name, yeah. So... Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so these people, these two individuals at least, dressed up city workers driving up in a car uh, or a van, putting up ladders to you know climb up on a uh, up on the side of a wall or up on a roof, and are removing it, uh, trying to appear as if they're legitimate city workers. But um, they're not. They're not. And what's kind of interesting is because these pieces are kind of loved by Parisians, are seen kind of in the the way that Banksy is. Um, there's kind of a love infatuation thinking these are really cool and they're kind of destinations, um, Mm. that there's been people that, you know, on Twitter, Facebook, uh, pulling out their smartphones and taking photos like, Oh, you know, where's my Mona Lisa, uh, work by invader or space invader gone. Um, and so they have a question is, are they going on auction? Are they for sale? That's the thing. Or is this a rival or where where are these going? they they believe it's actually uh, people uh, stealing them because uh, his work, I think it was in 2015, uh, but very recently nonetheless, is that uh, a replica, not even the original, but a replica version of one of his works sold at uh, Sotheby's for $250,000. So Ooh, you yeah. can just imagine that a real work like Banksy's work sitting up on a wall is fifty. Hundred, two hundred thousand dollars, right? There's glued a to a fortune wall. right there. Exactly. Sure, and I've actually framed in my production days a piece of drywall cut out of a fucking wall, which was uh, which was made by Twist. Uh, what's his name? Barry McGee. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, San Francisco. Someone, exactly. Someone cut that out of a fucking wall and framed it. Uh, All right. Because I guess it was worth that much. Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of the thing with uh, street art right now that is pretty interesting is th- the art world is having an impact on what is considered vandalism and what is considered street art. So you have a handful of artists out there. You see, I know it was trendy here in Scandinavia for some time, crochet artists, crocheting mm-hmm. like lampposts and stuff like that. And people being like, oh, that's cute, but it's not really art or it's, Yard you know. Bombing. Yeah, somebody doing stickers um, and putting them around, and that's called vandalism. But then all of a sudden, a guy, you know, like Space Invader comes along, um, and he's been established for a long time, but he's been accepted into the fine art world. And so when he vandalizes something, it's considered artwork and has this huge amount of value, and people want to rip it off and get it framed by you. Um, Mm -hmm. So, Well, I mean, that's the problem. It's like street art's growing up, right? So, or has been grown, this isn't new, but the fact that it became legitimized, went into the institution, had value, 
but still exists in a public forum makes this issue of, uh, of, of value for these pieces, right? Absolutely. Um, the other thing that's kind of interesting with him is that he knows now that this is happening to his work. So uh, he can't do anything about the old work, but one thing that he's doing to help, I guess, kind of, uh, I guess, stop the vigilant action of these individuals, because it, it apparently is happening more than just this one case in Paris, is that he's now using uh, mosaic tiles that are, are more likely to break and crack and also using a lot stronger glue than what he had used, you know, a decade ago. So it's kind of also interesting that this is affecting the way that he actually operates as an artist and that he might he's using both more permanent material with, with glue but also less permanent material with let's say crappier tiles. Mm. So that they so break. It's, it, it goes against his modus operandi that people can do that. He doesn't want this to happen, which no. makes sense. He wouldn't see any profit from it either. No, he doesn't. And actually, you know, I don't know. He doesn't. I think, as far as I know, get paid for any of these street pieces because they're, you know, street art. He's not getting sure. paid by, uh, you know, this bakery in you know the south or you know on the the western part of Paris to install something. No, he's picking a spot and putting it up. Um, right, right, right. It, it, it kind of goes then to the owner, just anonymously is like, "Awesome, I now have forty thousand dollars on the exterior of my building. Do I want to remove it or not?" Mm-hmm. So, well, I think it's interesting because it goes also. I, I've always wondered how big the underground, not visible black market of of art sales is, because theoretically you won't be able to sell these in public light, right? I mean, you mm-hmm. might might be able to say, I got it from here or there or whatever, you know, come with some sort of backstory. But if like 20 of these just show up at an auction, everyone's gonna be like, yeah, those are the ones that were stolen from Paris. Yeah, that's, uh, I, I like how you're, you're talking about that, because that will be a segue to the next story that I have. But Oh, good. Well, I mean, I don't have anything else to say aside from wondering how big is this, uh, is the the phone call that says, hey, look, dude, we have 20 Space Invader originals from 15 years ago. Uh, you you have a suitcase full of cash. Let's do this. You know, because I doubt that they're really going to be able to see the light of day all that much. No, I would imagine whoever, like many uh, art theft, it's not about trying to put it into the secondary market it's all into this private dark market like you said and Mm. so you know there's there's a collector out there that wants these pieces and they're going to go up on his wall and then you know let's say in 40 or 50 years when uh, that person kicks the bucket and the estate is like okay now we have a whole bunch of work that we don't know what to do with we want to donate some stuff to a museum the museums uh and or if they want to try and resell it they won't have any of the paperwork for it and right. museums won't touch it. And, you know, other collectors with, uh, any, you know, moral, moral and ethical, uh, collectors won't touch it either because it won't have the paper trail. So, and that's how white trash people end up with expensive artworks. <laughs> Once again, the segue is at a garage sale. <laughs> that's almost another segue to the next news story. <laughs> All right. Hit me with it. Let's do this. Let's, what's the next one? All right. So the the other one, this one is actually a little bit bigger on the uh, larger scandalous side, I would say. You're familiar with Hobby Lobby? 
Mm. Oh, is that that? Um, it's a uh, no. It's a not a chain another store. Yeah, yeah. It's not another street artist that makes no. hobby horses. No, um, <laughs> no. Hobby Lobby for uh, our listeners who are not in the U.S. Uh, it's one of the largest craft and art supply stores, but it's definitely more on the craft level. Um, like Panduro here in Europe. Yeah, kind of like Panduro uh, here in like yeah in Europe. So. Um, Anyways, they've been in the news. A lot of news. fucking glitter. <laughs> lots of glitter. And then lots of knockoff uh, artworks. And uh, this is the stuff that you would find in the Ikea uh, art department section. You know, when Got you it. see the Marilyn Monroe stenciled on it. They kind of have that kind of crap. As well as Ooh, some nanny. basic paints and, yeah, paper. So I'm not knocking Hobby Lobby on the on everything. They do have some good things. I will. Boone Annie. Boone Annie. Okay. Uh, so anyways, a few years ago, they got uh, into trouble. They didn't want to cover their employees' uh, health care uh, when Obamacare came out in the U.S. because of their Christian values, and they said right. they're a private company. So that's where they kind of really started getting big in political. Uh, I think that was probably 2010-ish or so. So being a Christian company— Nothing against the religious uh, religious people, but you know the, this particular company really spouts a lot of Christian values, Christian ethics. And earlier in July, they were caught uh, smuggling antiquities from Syria into the U.S. Uh, mixed alongside in the crates and the containers and stuff like that with their craft stuff. So, which is made in Syria or what? Well, it's made you know throughout the world, but. They oh, will... so they made they made a little stop somewhere and picked up some items there that maybe weren't so. Uh... <laughs> well, I don't know. It's not like everything that they have comes from China. Um, they do have things coming from all around the world from local hmm. makers, but usually it's low quality. So you know, if uh, if you're looking for a pot, it's going to be a cheap ceramic pot. But maybe it's made by somebody in Jordan because that. Is maybe a skill or a design thing that they know and do. So, sure. you know, so th- there is a little bit of local to this. But in any case, they were smuggling Syrian antiquities into these crates, uh, falsely labeling the crates and the invoices and such to where then they wanted to bring them into the U.S. without having to pay the taxes on it because you don't have to pay full tax on a million dollar bust of a you know a biblical figure right which may or may not be uh, illegally sourced uh may or may not be sold by isis may or may not etc etc absolutely absolutely so early in july the uh new york district attorney actually confiscated a whole bunch of this work um they've now hobby lobby has admitted to it paid a three million dollar fine and forfeited all the objects and That's now, nothing. No, not nothing. It's a little bit. But now in the last couple of days, uh, Israel has now arrested the dealer who's connected to them. And uh, and he has said – or I think it's the paper trail uh, shows that from about 2010 to 2014, there was something right around $20 million of invoiced antiquities or not antiquities, objects connected to this guy. So let's say Hobby Lobby's 
just knocking 50% off the invoice, which is definitely not what they're doing. They're way more. They're, nope. they're calling uh, a $20 or they're calling a $20,000 piece of, you know, uh, cuneiform $20. So, but let's just say it's 50%. He's connected to $20 million of goods. So, you know, you're talking probably in the hundreds of millions of dollars of illegally imported uh, antiquities potentially from this guy to Hobby Lobby, um, mm-hmm. obviously to avoid paying the taxes. The um, next kind of step on this is the Green family who owns Hobby Lobby are in the process of building a half a billion dollar museum in Washington, D.C., which is a museum of the Bible. They are. Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's a good one. So they are building a museum, trying to put all this stuff in the collection uh, that supports their their idea of, you know, maybe creationism, uh, early biblical objects to help support the idea of Moses and Jesus. I don't know. I haven't read their mission statement on that, but they're building a museum to help uh, confirm and legitimize some of the accounts in the Bible. Those motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah. Am I allowed to say that? Those motherfuckers. They, here they are. Oh, God, this makes me so angry. These motherfuckers. So here they are claiming Christian values to deny minimum wage or low wage employees health insurance. Yeah. On, on is- it. To go back to that really quick, that's why I started with it. It was on uh, the reason they wanted to deny the Obamacare coverage is because that included um, the right to an abortion. Contraception. Contraception. So that was the big thing was that part. All right. They're still fuckers. We're talking about like Christians. uh, You know, where are the Christians in the healthcare debates is the big question. You know, we're talking about helping helping people in need of help. Uh, But – here they are doing that, which, uh, regardless of values or not, saves them, uh, you know, a significant amount of money. Uh, and in the meantime, they are smuggling in rare objects, almost indubitably illegally sourced. That belong to another culture. Yeah. Belong to another culture, which are uh, taking advantage of a chaotic war situation. Uh, in order to build a fucking museum, which is going to support their ideology about the religion they believe in. And that the museum is already, you know, kind of shrouded in scandal because the legitimacy of how they've sourced these objects. So I think, you know, now there are people, okay, I think I think I read that there's 4,000 objects. Uh, maybe it was more than that. Um, that are supposed to be, you know, on view in this museum. Well, right. now scholars are going to go through and, you know, go through, okay, wait, where did this come from? How did that get here? How yeah. many of these things in this museum are legitimate, uh, legitimately coming to the, this museum legally and through the channels it should? Look, if we're talking about hundreds of millions of dollars, then we're probably talking about a majority of the items. I would I would assume a majority of the objects have got in there in a, uh, yeah in a dirty way, let's say. Um, wow. And then, you know, the scholarship also, that's the other thing is not only are these potentially coming there in, you know, scandalous ways is the, um, the scholarship of the objects that have been, you know, kind of 
researched that they know are going to go on view don't necessarily line up with what the larger art world or the experts in those fields, you know, on like a cuneiform, for example, because that was what uh, kind of was one of the bigger objects that was forfeited recently by them was, you know, I think that the this museum is going to present this cuneiform as X when the rest of the, you know, scholars and experts on cuneiforms are saying, no, it's actually about Y. Um, it's brutal. It's fucking yeah. brutal. And I hope, I hope, uh, I, I hope uh, somehow the punishment fits the crime. At the end yeah. Of the day. $3 well, million does not sound like it's a big deal. No, no, it's a start, but you know, and they lost all their, their, their objects. So at least those things will get returned. I don't know how many it was, but, um, yeah. And then the other, the other thing is, you know, this museum's getting built, um, near Washington, D.C. So I don't think that's at all a coincidence. I think no. for as dirty as these this uh, family is um, and their brushes with politics on a larger scale now with you know the, the Obamacare uh, issue going all the way up to the Supreme Court, I would imagine that there's there's some backhandedness also in the location. There's the other uh, the other way to understand the word lobby, <laughs> right? Except for they're not hobby lobby; they're a professional lobby. All right, <laughs> unlike no joke, unlike, unlike their products. Unless you just get lucky enough to walk into the discount section and stumble across a a Syrian artifact marked off fifty percent, you know. <laughs> We're gonna have a fire sale over there to try to. Uh... <laughs> oh. Episode one, thievery. Thievery. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, it fits into the uh, current uh, worldwide vibe, right? I mean, absolutely. It's stealing so, elections. Uh, um, so that's it. Episode one, thievery. <laughs> uh, in the meantime, we're going to be uh, adding stuff to social media, Facebook, stuff like that for these little small stories that just slip through the cracks or are too short to really talk about. Sure. We're um, just getting started here, but be sure to check us out. Uh, there'll be links on our website for. Uh, you know, Instagram, Facebook, etc. As well it as links to a... everything in the that we talked about today. Absolutely. But yeah, I guess we could probably round round out the podcast with that and uh, welcome everybody back for episode two, which should come out uh, about every two weeks is what we're planning on. That's the plan. That's the plan. We're going to see uh, see how it goes. But uh, two, every two weeks, we should be able to manage it, right? I mean, come on now. Yeah, I'm not busy. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm not either, I guess. <laughs> All right. Look forward to, uh, to talking to you and informing you about art news. Thanks for joining us. Thanks.